done my first statement and you may have gathered because Robin's just blabbed it all away. <laughs> Everyone loves a hero. Heroes are generally admired for all their courage, their selfless attitudes, their outstanding achievements and noble qualities. Heroes generally inspire us to do better. And that's probably about it because, as I said, Robin's given it all away now. In answer to you, Robin, when I was a lot younger than I am today, now I'm, I'm talking really young, I was introduced to the quintessential comic book hero. Now I'm fairly certain it was my dad that introduced me to it, because we used to go down to the comic book store you know, every Saturday just to, to see what new comics are out. These fictional characters generally came in two versions. There were ones who had exceptional gifts, but were still essentially human. Heroes like, I know Keith loves this one, is Batman. He's one of those heroes who, who trained and trained and trained to, to the peak of, peak of physical prowess. He not only had that, he, he had uh, an exceptional intellect that eventually came, uh, made him known as the, uh, the world's greatest detective. In honour in honor of my dad, we have the Phantom. Who remembers the Phantom? Oh, many. A title which was handed down from father to son, who protected the seas from the, the Singh Brotherhood, a cabal of pirates terrorising the oceans for the last 400 years. We had Iron Man this morning, another one who had an exceptional intellect, but he um, seemed to have endless reserves to, to, money, to, to money, which uh, rather than training, allowed him to create a seemingly endless end of, um, of suits of armour, which allowed him to battle the forces of evil. So comic book characters also came in, in super-powered versions, such as, of course, Captain America, the patriotic super-soldier, given superhuman strength, stamina, and accelerated healing through a super-soldier serum. Superman, of course, the native-born Kryptonian, who was just about super at everything, which I've got to mention was probably the only reason that he had the confidence to wear his underwear on the outside. <laughs> We've also had Wonder Woman this morning. She was sculpted from clay by her mother, Queen Hippola, and given uh, a life to live from Zeus as an Amazon, along with superhuman powers as gifted by the Greek gods. You know, the, there are many and varied superheroes, but... My favourite Robin was always Spider-Man. I can't explain why he resonated so much with me. His real name was Peter Parker. He was a high school student and I found him when I was a high school student. And he was bitten by a radioactive spider which gave him the, the proportional strength and agility of a spider and of course that famous Spidey Sense that allowed him to sense danger and, and move out of the way of harm. In fact, he was one of the new breed of uh, comic book heroes 
that was portrayed as having everyday problems and self-doubts, unlike the previous heroes, like those larger-than-life heroes of Captain America and, and Superman. These comic book heroes became a source of inspiration to millions of readers over the years. You know, the Bible also has recognised heroes who became examples and sources of inspiration long before the first comic book heroes were even thought about. These biblical characters, even though they were flawed, they were given as an inspiration to each one of us about what can be done when normal people acted upon God's will. Hebrews 11 gave us a, a small list of biblical heroes such as Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, and we saw many others. In fact, we were introduced to many others by Bert as he read this morning's Bible reading. You know, like those super-powered comic book heroes, many of the characters listed in this chapter did things over and above what could be accomplished by pure mortal man. But unlike those super-powered individuals, their strength and service did not come about to some super-soldier serum or even being bitten by a radioactive spider. They achieved this because they were prompted, believed and acted in, in accordance to the faith in God, the God that had a plan for each one of their lives. These biblical heroes listed in Hebrews 11 became known as the heroes of faith. So today we're going to look at one other hero, a hero who was beyond all others, a hero who was compassionate, loving, merciful. He demonstrated an unsurpassing relationship with God and was the only person that ever lived a sinless life. As the Bible tells us, he made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Despite having power and authority, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death and ultimately was willing to sacrifice himself for each and every one of us to restore a broken relationship between man and God. That's hero was, of course, Jesus. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you before you now. Lord, we just pray that you would soften our hearts. Lord, help us to understand the, the message this morning. Be with us. Give us guidance. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You know, one of the major characteristics we see in comic book heroes was that it was inbuilt in their nature to want to help those in distress. They're portrayed as using whatever abilities available to them to, to stop some evil supervillain by using their own abilities to thwart their adversaries' nefarious plans. You know, Jesus was no different. While Jesus was on earth, we can read the Bible of his loving and compassionate and merciful nature. Jesus couldn't help but intervene and support those that were around him. But not only in a physical sense, as we see the, with the, the, the comic book characters, but his desire was also to, to meet people at their deepest need, both emotionally and spiritually. So how many times in the Bible do we prove 
that Jesus proves his love by taking compassion on those about him. Many times we read how Jesus healed the sick. So Matthew 4.23, Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness amongst the people. He helped the lame to walk, the blind to see and the deaf to hear. Matthew 29, 31. Jesus left there and went along the Sea of Galilee. He went then up on the mountainside and sat down. Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute and many others and laid them at his feet. And he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking and the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. Jesus also fed the hungry in Matthew thirty-two thirty-eight, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have been with me for three days and have had nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry, or they may collapse on the way. His disciples answered, Where can we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied, and a few small fish. He told the crowd to sit on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish, And when he had given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples, and they in turn to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. Afterwards, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number who ate was 4,000 men beside women and children. We also see Christ demonstrating his authority over creation in Mark 4, 35-41. That day, when evening came, he said to the disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up. He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Be quiet, be still. And then the wind died down and was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. In all these examples, we see Christ meeting physical needs. Physical needs of those people that were around him. But this fifth example, I think, is one of the most poignant ones. One where he he not only met a person, 
but he actually supplied their, their, their deepest needs. One of the most poignant stories of Jesus meeting these needs it was that of the penitent thief being crucified with Christ. We read that there were two thieves being crucified with him. Both began their time on the cross by mocking and blaspheming him, as did many of the spectators. It's remarkable that while in excruciating and mind-numbing torment of the cross, Jesus had the heart, the mind and the will to still pray for others. This obviously had a profound effect on one thief who came to realise his own sinful nature and his need for forgiveness. It's a miracle that this thief, while in agony himself, recognised the spiritual need he had for forgiveness. But even more so that he recognised that his saviour was hanging on the cross beside him, awaiting death. He looked upon Jesus and saw a saviour who was able to provide forgiveness for all through his death. Jesus met his deepest need and that day he was consequently taken to paradise. You know, all heroes always seem to have a plan to overcome the forces of evil and to come out on top. They're often portrayed in comics with a willingness to, to die in order to save those around him. Well, Jesus also had a plan. A plan that was put in place before the start of time. A plan that was to redeem a fallen race back to himself. Romans 5.12 states that, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. And due to our sin, our lives in Romans 6.23 tell us that the wages of that, that sin was death. This wasn't talking about a physical death, but an, an eternal separation from a broken relationship that sin would never allow us to fix by ourselves. There was no way for us to earn our own redemption because of the sin in our lives, and God knew this. Back in Genesis, it tells us that we were made in God's own image and that we were created to be in a relationship with him. Sin stopped that. Thus a redemption plan was put in place to redeem mankind back to God. That plan was enacted at the virgin birth and finished with the resurrection of Christ after being crucified on the cross. Hebrews 9, 11-14 tells us, But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. That is to say, is not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy, uh, the holy place once and for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who were ceremonially unclean sanctified them so that they were outwardly clean. 
So how much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? Christ became the only perfect sacrifice, redeeming us from our sins past, present and future to allow us to enter back into right relationship with God. So not only did God love us, as mentioned in uh, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. But while we were yet his enemy, he sought us out and told us in Romans 5.8, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ had died for us. I'm going to let you in on another secret. I had another hero. still have another hero. And that's one of my dad. He's one of the most caring, genuine people that I've ever had the pleasure of knowing. To sum him up in just a few words would be extremely hard. He was a hard-working individual who would be always willing to step in when he was needed. He would help anyone, but his family always came first. His love for mum and his family has always been and always will be a constant. There's nothing that he wouldn't do for his family. So even though Spider-Man may have been my favourite comic book hero since I was young, I've tried to model my life on Dad's example. Sometimes I know I fail, but if I can live up to being even half the person that he is, I hope that that would be a credit to him. As people... We tend to imitate those that we look up to. Imitation and conformity are facts of life. However, scriptures make us clear that who and what we imitate is critical. Jesus tells us in John 5, 17 to 23. In his defence, Jesus said to them, My father is at, at his work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, in essence making himself equal with God. Jesus gave them this answer. Verily, very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what what he sees his father is doing. Because whatever the father does... The son also does, for the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. For just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Moreover, the father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the son that all may honour the Son just as they honour the Father. 
Whoever does not honour the Son does not honour the Father who sent him. So just as Christ tells us that he's following his heavenly Father's example. You know, Paul also exhorts us to imitate him as he imitates Christ. In 1 Corinthians 1.11, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And in 1 Corinthians 4.16, therefore I urge you to imitate me. And once again in Philippians 3.17-21, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, just as you have used as a model. Keep your eyes on those who live as we do, for as often for as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so they will be like his glorious body. Ever thought on how we can imitate Christ? Philippians 2, 1-8 gives us one of the best directives. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, If any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus is our ultimate hero of the Christian faith. His loving, compassionate and merciful nature has been demonstrated through his life as he lived amongst us. His willingness to sacrifice himself to death on the cross in order to become one perfect atoning sacrifice for all sins, for all people, throughout all time, in order to redeem all those who accept him back into right relationship, makes him a little bit more than a hero, but he makes him our risen saviour. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we rejoice in the life that you've demonstrated for us. Lord, we just thank you for your willingness to shed yourself of everything within heaven. Lord, to come down to live on this earth 
as we live, to experience life as we do. Lord, we just thank you for that. But Lord, we thank you that you alone had the strength, the power, the relationship to live as a perfect individual. Lord, we just thank you that you had the the strength, the compassion, the mercy and the willingness to go to the cross. Lord, to redeem every one of our sins, both past, present and future. Lord, we just thank you from the very depths of our heart knowing that it's never a debt that we can reply. But Lord, thankful that you offer us the gift of free salvation. Thank you, Lord, for the only one who could bring us back to right relationship with God. Lord, we thank you and we give you all glory. Lord, we give you all power. We give you all wisdom. Lord, we just thank you for each and everything that you've done. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' mighty name.